Wrapping up things from the GM meetings in Arizona, plus another free agent prediction with the Cardinals landing one of the top names on the market. This is Locked on Cardinals. You are Locked on Cardinals, your daily St. Louis Cardinals podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey there, Cardinals fans. I'm J.D. Hafford, and I'm a national radio sports anchor, born and raised in the Lou and a lifetime Cardinals fan, and I'm your host for Locked On Cardinals, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You can follow me on Twitter X at J.D. Sports Radio. You can follow the podcast at LO underscore Cardinals. I want to thank those of you who make Locked On Cardinals your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts. You can also find us on YouTube. Make sure you like, subscribe, and comment. That way you're interacting with us. Hit the notification button so you know when new episodes are posted. This is a show serving Cardinal Nation and giving the best fans of baseball all of the info about the birds on the bat. Today's episode being brought to you by Jace Medical. Empower yourself when you purchase a Jace case, providing you with a personal supply of five antibiotics that treat 50-plus infections. Get yours today at jacemedical.com. That's J-A-S-E Medical. Com. All right, first and foremost, happy Veterans Day to all our veterans out there. We appreciate uh, your sacrifice for the country and uh, hope you're enjoying your day so far. Uh, since we're doing a Saturday show today, I wore the uh, Victory Blues, which Cardinals would wear on the road on Saturday. So uh, got those on today and uh, we're going to talk about uh, a number of different subjects today, but I want to start with the GM meetings. They uh they they're over. They wrapped up in Arizona. They actually came to an abrupt ending ending on uh Wednesday. Wednesday is when they actually shut down because Thursday's meeting was canceled due to like it was like at least 30 people that experienced a stomach virus of some kind during the meetings, which is kind of creepy and scary after what we just went through in 2020. Um so what did we learn? What did we actually learn from the GM meetings as it pertains to the Cardinals. Nothing new, really. Like, when you think about it, nothing new. You know, we know what the goal is this offseason. We know what it's been. We've known that since, like, August. The Cardinals need pitching. They are willing to make trades to acquire it, as well as sign free agents to do it. Now, none of this is new information. We got some quotes from President of Baseball Operations, John Mosellock, about things, which is great. But um, he didn't say anything all that profound that should have sent shockwaves through Cardinals Nation, at least not in my opinion. The quote about the, the payroll looking similar to the trajectory that they were on last season before the trade deadline was the only one that kind of raised some eyebrows a little bit. But uh, I think after everybody kind of took a step back and understood what, what he was saying and realized that the amount of money that is free to remain on the path to uh, what to what they're trying to get to is ample enough to to grab a few guys that we've brought up multiple times on this show. You know the names haven't really changed. You've got Shohei Otani at the top of the heap. Obviously, I mean he's the number one free agent in all of baseball right now. Um, I'm going to continue to stick to my guns that I've that I've said since last year that if he didn't stay with the Angels, that he's going to the Dodgers. And I haven't seen anything out there to make me think otherwise. Um, you know, I'm sure there's going to be other teams with money to burn that will try to pull him from the L.A. Anaheim area, but that's his comfort zone. 
you know, since he's been in the States, that's where he's lived. It's the biggest media market other than New York. It's better weather-wise than being in the in the Bronx and on the East Coast. He'll he'll get all the money he could ever want from the Dodgers. And the Dodgers are set to win for quite some time. You've got Mookie Betts and Freddie Freeman. You've got all this young pitching that's coming up with them uh, to go along with guys that they already have. They're supposed to get, you know, Walker Bueller back and Dustin May and uh, Tony Gonsolin, um, whatever the future is with Kershaw. I don't know, but he just had surgery. But they'll figure it out. You know, they've got guys. I mean, what's not to like about the Dodgers if you're Otani? So the Cardinals, despite the power of Lars Newbar in their corner, <laughs> will not be in on Otani. I hate to break your hearts, but it's just, it's not feasible when you have so many holes to fill. But then you drop down to the next guys, like Otani's teammate from Team Japan, Yoshinobu Yamamoto, who is the hot commodity this offseason at age 25 and dominating in Japan for the last several years. Will the Cardinals make an attempt to sign him? I'm sure they will, but will they be able to outbid teams like the Mets, the Yankees, Cubs, Red Sox, Giants, Dodgers, Mariners to get him? We know the kind of money that those markets have to burn through, and the Mariners, they just kind of got added to the mix by MLB Network insider John Morosi. Over the years, the Mariners have had a great connection with uh, people over there, like Ichiro, uh, Kazuhiro Sasaki. Who else do they have? Hisashi Iwakuma or Kama, so I forget how you said it, but, you know, Morosi pointed out that Seattle's GM, Jerry Depoto told him that the club is looking to reestablish that connection to Japan. So even that opens a door there. And again, with so many holes to fill, the Cardinals can't afford to put all their eggs in one basket. If they needed just one guy, then going all in for Yamamoto would make a ton of sense. But when you got multiple holes in the rotation and in the bullpen, getting in a bidding war with the owner of the New York Mets, who had no problems shelling out $43 million a year for Verlander and Scherzer, doesn't seem like something that the Cardinals can win. Like, I'm not talking crazy here, am I? I mean, that's kind of where we're at. What we know is that the Cardinals want to add at least two starting pitchers. I know Mo said three earlier in the year, which I pointed out was kind of a stupid thing to say because now saying at least two seems like he's kind of backtracking a bit, but he's not. At least two, maybe three is still the target area. I think he's doing his best to say, like, we're going to get two, maybe three. But at least two coming out of this. Uh, Katie Wu at The Athletic wrote about this. And here's what she got from Mo. All right. Let me put another picture of Mo up there. I like the bow tie one. It's kind of my favorite. Anyway, here's what he, she got from Mo. We certainly feel we need at least two starters. Mosellock said when asked how the organization felt about the volume of pitching depth needed for next year's team, I think we have some internal talent that we can arrange, but we're not going to close ourselves off to the reliever market. We are going to take a more patient approach to that and allow things to happen. I think our checklist is starter, starter, and then see what we look like. Now, I've got some more coming up from Katie's article, including Mo wanting to, I would say, temper expectations a little bit. I think that's a good word for what he's trying to do here. Um, because despite fans clamoring to sign 
Aaron Nola, Jordan Montgomery, Blake Snell, Sonny Gray, like getting all these guys, you know, some fans think it's actually going to happen. that They can sign two or three of these guys. I don't. And I don't think Mo thinks that's the case either. So he's trying to temper expectations. I'll let you know what he said about that. Plus um, a prediction on one of these top guys that uh, by people who know what they're talking about predicted that this guy will land in St. Louis. We'll talk about it next on Locked on Cardinals. We spend a lot of time talking together, you and I. We get fired up together on wins and losses, who starts and who sits. I'm thankful for the connection that we have. And today I want our chat to be a little bit more personal because I just learned that you can get a one-year supply on ED medications. You realize that what, what that means, right? Bring on extended travel. Bring on the next natural disaster or supply chain issue. You are covered, my friend. You don't have to worry about whether or not you can refill your generics for Cialis, Viagra, or Revatio prescriptions. Don't have to worry about it anymore. This is possible because of our friends at Jace Medical. If you go online right now at jacemedical.com, that's J-A-S-E medical.com, to receive your 12-month supply on your daily medication. You can do that. Remember to use the promo code before you type it all in. The promo code is locked on, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, at checkout, and you'll get a discount as well. A verified customer had this to say about Jace. I am thankful for the service. Supply chain issues caused me to cut pills in half to have it. I ordered most of my daily meds with a year supply. I also ordered antibiotic kits. I feel secure now. Prices are lower than local pharmacies. I highly recommend this for everyone. Now, if you or someone you love would you know, like to get some peace of mind by having a year's supply of any daily med, you go to jacemedical.com to see if it's offered for you. Very, very simple. And remember, when you go to jacemedical.com, J-A-S-E medical.com, remember to use the promo code locked on and get $20 off your purchase. Thank you again for making Locked on Cardinals your first listen every day. You can leave your comments on YouTube as well as on Twitter anytime you want. Your feedback is always welcome and encouraged. I know we're going to have a, a comments episode coming up here real, real soon because we've had a lot of discussion online of what the Cardinals are going to do, what they should do, what they shouldn't do. Everybody's got an opinion, right? Everybody's got one. Um, nobody has been proven right or wrong yet because we don't know what's going to happen just yet. But we do know that the pitching market is going to be a fierce one, you know, because just about everyone in the league, everyone in the league is looking to add arms to the rotation and bullpen. Very few teams are like, eh, we're good. We don't need any of these guys. And because of that, where the Cardinals project their, because of that and where the Cardinals project their payroll in 2024, the Cardinals are likely not going to be able to land two of these top free agent pitchers that we're talking about that are going to be available. And there's a real chance, I want to prepare you for this, that there is a real chance that they don't get any of them. In Katie Wu's article, which I, I have linked in the description and show notes, Mo even says, I think we'll be able to add two starters, but they're not all going to be like the guy. That's going to be hard. The upper tier of this market is going to be uber competitive. We know we need innings, right? Obviously, when someone says that there's a bandwidth of super quality and then inching our way through. Now, my expectations is that the Cardinals will land at least one of these guys. That's my expectation. I'm not promising you it's going to happen. 
But my expectation is they get one of them. I think that's kind of been the mindset all along, and they're going to make a real effort to spend some decent change on one of these starters. I don't know which one they like the most yet. Everybody's got pros and cons. All of them do. There's not one guy where you're like, slam dunk, perfect signing. Everybody's got pros and cons, even Yamamoto. Um, And one of the guys that we've been talking about was actually predicted to sign with the team by the folks over at MLB.com. We took a poll from 58 other contributors contributors, and um, the guy they came up with that they think is going to sign in St. Louis is Blake Snell. Blake Snell, who narrowly edged the Dodgers in the balloting by a single vote. Now, Snell, here's what the write-up was uh, over at MLB.com. The margin here was razor thin, but our voters have Snell signing with the Cardinals. Snell had a tremendous season, one that may very well result in him winning the National League Cy Young Award. In 32 starts, the left-hander posted an MLB best 2.25 ERA, along with a 31.5% strikeout rate. He also, however, walked an MLB behind 99 batters, or 13.3% of the batters that he faced. The Cardinals are coming off their worst full season since 1990, and starting pitching was a major factor in their 2023 struggles. St. Louis starters combined for a 5.08 ERA, ranked 26th in the majors. The addition of a frontline left-hander like Snell would go a long way toward remedying that as the Cardinals look to bounce back in 2024. Now, they also put that other teams that received votes outside of the Cardinals and the Dodgers were the Giants, Mets, Padres, Red Sox, Mariners, Rangers, Cubs, Yankees, D-backs, Orioles, and Phillies. Now, admittedly, I've become more intrigued about signing Snell in recent days because I continue to believe, and this is my personal opinion, this is not me getting any insider information from anybody. I, I just, this is my opinion that I don't think Aaron Nola is going anywhere. I think he stays in Philly. I think he's very comfortable there, kind of like Otani is out in L.A., I think it's all he's known. They're very, very good. They have money. It doesn't make a lot of sense unless somebody comes in and just blows the Phillies out of the water with a deal. I don't think Aaron Nola is going anywhere. Uh, I also find it hard to believe that Jordan Montgomery will come back to St. Louis after winning a championship. I think he'll want to go somewhere that is a lock to win, not trying to get back to winning. You know, he just spent basically a year, like a full year with the Cardinals. And they didn't win much while he was there. So I think that might leave a bad taste in his mouth. And I think one of these other teams that uh, is already geared up and ready to go in 2024 is going to give him a contract that's more than suitable. And that's where he's going to be more comfortable at. Um, I think Yamamoto is going to a bigger market. I don't think it's anything wrong with St. Louis. I just think it's... Uh, a bigger market is what he's going to be seeking. In these predictions at MLB.com, they have the Mets getting Yamamoto, if that means anything to you. Uh, Montgomery, they have him going back to the Rangers. They got Nola with the Phillies. And they even brought up Sonny Gray, and they said he's going to return to the Twins, which I, it, it's certainly a possibility. I did read somewhere that the, the Twins are looking to cut payroll, not add anything. Um, another thing the Cardinals have going against them is that these guys were all on winning teams already. So to leave a winner, to go to a team that was in last, does that sound all that appealing to you? <laughs> if you ask me, no. But 
money talks. Money talks more times than not. And the Cardinals do have a history of being a winner. But you know how things are. It's what have you done for me lately type of world. And lately, the Cardinals have stunk. <laughs> they, they were not good. So they're going to have to win these guys over with a lot of money. And they're going to have to sell them on the fact that the Cardinals are going to be contenders again in 2024. Now, another name that the fans are getting familiar with from Japan that's been brought up, Shota Imanaga, who, according to John Heyman, is expected to be posted following an announcement on Monday, allowing him to sign as a free agent with any team in the major leagues. Uh, he's an all-star for the Yokohama Bay Stars. Lefty known for his changeup and command, who won the championship clinching game for Japan over Team USA in the WBC. So another name to uh, kind of put into the, the whole pot of starting pitching that will be available. The trade market, another venue that the Cardinals will explore, and it's one that could be quite beneficial because of the lack of impact bats available after Otani and Cody Bellinger. It really falls off there. Uh, we did an episode on Thursday talking about trades with the White Sox for Dylan Cease. We've talked about trading for the Rays, Tyler Glass now. Uh, there's also the Mariners and the Marlins who seemingly have arms available and could use some bats. These are the teams that the Cardinals can target to try to move some of their depth, which they have on the middle infield and in the outfield, and try to make a swap to garner some of that pitching. Uh, Katie Wu also pointed this out in the article. Again, it'll be linked below. Uh, the uncertainty surrounding their regional sports network, Valley Sports Midwest, the Cardinals have not been told to scale back on spending. That means the Cardinals remain on track for a $200 million payroll, which they were trending toward last season until their record prompted them to offload contracts at the trade deadline. She also brings up how important ticket sales are in this article. Now, we saw how empty Bush Stadium was at the end of the season, right? The final couple of months, it, it was a ghost town at Bush Stadium, but a lot of those seats were already sold, but the people just decided not to show up. Now, St. Louis had the fourth best baseball attendance this year. It drew more than 3.2 million fans. However, the gate revenue whoo, dropped dramatically because people quit showing up with two months to go in the season. So all those no-shows ended up costing the Cardinals some money. So if you're concerned about the Cardinals being cheap this year and chasing the low-hanging fruit, as we like to call it this offseason, it's understandable. They've really never shown you that they're the type of organization that's going to be so aggressive and go after the top-tier guys. But to run a successful business and to make money like they are used to doing, they got to put butts back in those seats this year. They can't come away this offseason with a bunch of third-tier guys and expect Cardinal fans to just be like, well, we'll come out again. No no problem. No, they, they've got to come up with something to excite people again um, so we can get things back to normal, which is, you know, full stands, a sea of red at Bush Stadium, the Cardinals winning baseball games, confidence flowing among the best fans in baseball. That's what we need. We need to get back to that. It wasn't that long ago that we were there. Uh, March, <laughs> March, when we thought the Cardinals were going to win the NL Central and we're going to make another playoff push, we were there not that long ago. Things got bad quick, and we got to get it back. And I think ownership understands that. So I would expect them to be aggressive on at least one of these guys. All right, that's my opinion. And then they'll fill it out from there. 
So that's the latest from the GM meetings. That's what we took away from that. Let me know your comments down below what you think of uh, the things that Mosellock has said. And uh, what do you think about Blake Snell? Would Blake Snell, if he ends up being the number one guy that they come away with, are you going to be okay with that? Is that the guy you want? Let me know. Arizona Fall League is done for the Cardinals prospects. They uh, finished up on Friday, so we'll share with you what that final tally or what the final tallies look like for the boys in Arizona. We'll have that next for you on Locked on Cardinals. The Cardinals moves this offseason will also reflect how they feel about their prospects in the system. I've made the case that I'd like to see a few of these young pitchers cut their teeth in the bullpen this year if they need to. Matthew Libertor, he's done both. Zach Thompson, he's done both. Drew Rahm, Gordon Graceffo, Michael McGreevy, Connor Thomas. I mean, you got a number of other dudes who maybe destined as to be starting pitchers down the line at the major league level. But those spots might not be available this year, depending on who they sign, who they trade for. We also know there could be some movement in the outfield with guys like Tyler O'Neill, Dylan Carlson, Alec Burleson. We've heard their names brought up as uh, possible trade chips to go get some pitching. Some of the prospects who could be a part of the team's future sooner rather than later were just playing in the Arizona Fall League this year, and uh, they had good years. It, it wasn't so bad out there. Uh, their season's over. Uh, they ended up losing on Friday, so um, I've got the final wrap-up here, courtesy of our buddy, Daniel, of, of Daniel Guerrero at stltoday.com. So here's what he had to say. I want to start with uh, the most exciting outfield prospect in the system, Victor Scott II, friend of the show, uh, former fifth-round pick from the 2022 draft, batted 286. Side a team high in homers with three and posted a 388 on base percentage and a 417 slugging percentage in 84 regular season at bats for Scottsdale. In the similar leadoff role, he held with class high A Peoria and class double A Springfield. Scott posted the second lowest strikeout percentage at 8.1% and the second highest strikeout to walk rate at two among qualified AFL hitters. The Minor League Baseball co-leader in stolen bases with 94. Scott stole 18, was caught just twice, and came up three bags shy of leading the finishing school in steals. Scott was charged with one error in 55 chances and notched one assist in 185 defensive innings in center field. I mean, what's not to like about Victor Scott right now? First off, the other thing that doesn't get brought up too much, but I'm starting to hear more about is how good his defense is in center field, that he's very, very capable of being a starting center fielder in the major leagues, could probably do that right now. They're just kind of waiting to see if the uh, bat is going to continue to progress where he becomes a good hitter at the major league level. I mean, it's only been a couple years. 2022 is when he got drafted. So he's only been as high as double A, likely going to start at triple A, but his path to the major leagues it's coming quick. Uh, relief pitcher Andre Granillo, a guy that personally I think could be in the bullpen this year for the Cardinals. He ended up finishing with a 1.80 ERA, three saves and three opportunities, had 14 strikeouts to three walks over 10 innings of relief. Guerrero says the 23-year-old who possesses a fastball that can touch 97 miles per hour tied for the second most saves in the AFL after he led the Texas League 
in saves with 14. Right-handed pitcher Takoa Roby. Bad news. Got shelled <laughs> in his last outing. Uh, Guerrero says this about Roby. Command issues in the second inning from Scottsdale starter in the playing game on Friday led to a solo home run, four walks, and a grand slam. And the righties exit after completing one and a third innings on 46 pitches, 25 of those strikes. Roby's final outing of the fall comes in a rough fashion after he struck out 18 batters in 13 and two-thirds innings during the league's regular season. Roby, who did impress in the fall stars game by striking out two in an inning of work, posted a 5.93 ERA and walked six batters across the five starts he made for Scottsdale before Friday's outing. So work to be done with Takoa Roby, who dealt with some injuries. Uh, remember when the Cardinals did trade for him in that deal for Montgomery from Texas, he was already injured at the time, nothing severe. So he came back, but they wanted to get him, uh, you know, more innings in Arizona to kind of complete his minor league season. Not ready to be a part of the Cardinals rotation by any means and not the major leagues by any means, but uh, a work in progress. And people are excited about him. Like, uh, it's, I know those numbers are kind of ugly, but um, people overall think he's he's a pretty good prospect. Uh, former first-rounder Cooper Jerpy Guerrero says this about him. Was one of three Cardinals prospects to appear in the Fall Stars game, pitched exclusively from the bullpen in the AFL as he looked to regain innings lost because of elbow surgery during his first minor league baseball season. The 2022 first-round draftee logged seven and a third innings across eight appearances and struck out 15 batters while walking six over that stretch. Jerpy surrendered four total runs in his regular season opportunities this fall and kept opposing hitters to a 167 batting average. Now, we did hear that despite Jerpy being in the bullpen in the Arizona Fall League and at the uh, end of the regular season for the minor league season, uh, he is not. he made it very clear that this is not some kind of change that he's going to become a bullpen guy now. He is going back to the starting rotation when the new season begins. So, um, but again, he was only in Peoria, so still got uh, plenty of room to go before he makes it up to the Cardinals. Shortstop Jeremy Rivas, the youngest of the eight Cardinals prospects sent to the desert. Rivas's strong offensive start ended with him batting 230 for the 612 OPS in 21 games. He was charged with five errors and 73 chances across 183 defensive innings at shortstop. Cardinals aren't really concerned uh, about shortstop. You got two of them right now who are very, very good. Uh, Mason Wynn, obviously, you're hoping will take that next step offensively this year to go along with the defense that we saw at the end of the year. Um, you know, and then Tommy Edmond is still there as of right now, although it looks like they're they're thinking about him more of as an outfielder now. That um, center field might be where he ends up. If he's not traded, um, obviously he can still play second and short when you need him to. But um, everything I'm reading has they, they think he's going to be in center field this year. So we'll see what happens. Uh, catcher Jimmy Crooks, 43 at bats, second fewest on the Scottsdale roster. Hit just 186 in the limited opportunities. Two of Crooks, eight hits were doubles from behind the plate. He had four stolen bases against them. Did not throw a base stealer out. Catching wise. Cardinals are in a spot right now because you've got Yvonne Herrera, who looks like he's ready to go for the major league level. Uh, you still got Kisner. Obviously, you've got Contreras. So a bit of a conundrum there at a catcher. Maybe one of those guys gets dealt. Not Contreras, obviously, but either Kisner or Yvonne Herrera could be uh, could be dealt for pitching. We'll see. Uh, right-handed pitcher, Inohan Paniagua. 
Tosses 16 and two-thirds innings, opposed to a 4.86 ERA in six games, five of which were relief appearances. 23 years old, led the Cardinals pitchers in the AFL in innings, notched 17 strikeouts with a 1.14 whip, and opposing hitters hit 220 against him. He did, however, give up six home runs, which tied him for the league high with five of the six home runs coming against left-handed hitters. Um, he was a low um, minor league guy this year, dealt with injuries, uh, so he's not really somebody that you're looking at at the major league level yet, but somebody to keep an eye on, obviously. They like what he's got. And then right-handed pitcher Edwin Nunez. Guerrero says the hard-throwing righty posted a 2.53 ERA in 10 and two-thirds innings from the bullpen, totaled six strikeouts, and allowed four walks in his eight outings. So that's what the Arizona Fall League looked like for the Cardinals this year. I've got the full story from Daniel Guerrero, which is linked in the description and in the show notes, as well as the article written by Katie Wu from The Athletic. For those of you who want to read the full articles where you can get all of the stuff that Mo said and all of Daniel's uh, analysis on what the guys did at the Arizona Fall League. My takeaway is that the Victor Scott star continues to ascend, and if any of these outfielders that we've been talking about get dealt for pitching. Perhaps he gets a shot at the major league club at some point in 2024. I wouldn't say that's out of the question. Uh, Granillo, certainly a bullpen candidate while the rest of the group appears destined for the minors in 2024, but it's good to hear that for the most part, the guys did well, the guys did well. Uh, Roby being the one that kind of stood out where it's like, eh, that's not so great, but we're not worried about it. At least nobody seems to be worried about it. Anybody who's in charge or is important is not worried about it. So we shouldn't either. All right, that's going to wrap things up today. Thank you for making Locked on Cardinals your first listen every day. If you haven't already, please give us a follow on Twitter at LO underscore Cardinals and at JD Sports Radio. Uh, like and subscribe on YouTube. We did it. We got past 8,000. Good job, everybody. Uh, channel continues to, to grow and ascend, and uh, I appreciate all of you for being a part of that and uh, helping us get there. So let's keep going. Let's continue to grow. You're the best fans in baseball for a reason, and I will see you next time on Locked On Cardinals.